lot of bad stuff. And so he took on the role. And pretty quickly, people realized, oh, this is not going to be the same that it's always been because he came in and he started doing things differently. He fired the corrupt police officers. He started walking the streets because that's what cops did. They walked the streets. Cars weren't really a huge thing at that point. And so he would walk the streets at odd hours to make sure the police were actually on duty. He made the standards to become a police officer better. And he actually hired the first female police officer in New York City and started the fingerprinting program. So after two years, New York City's police department was doing really, really well. And one of the reasons why it did well is because he didn't do the thing that everybody else did. He didn't come in and he didn't take the bribes. And he wasn't corrupt. He had morals. He had values and he stuck with them no matter what everybody else did. Now, when you and I hear a story like that, you get kind of inspired, right? You're like, I want to be someone who makes a difference like that. I want to be someone who has purpose, someone who's influential. Well, there's good news. You are created to do those types of things. You're created with a purpose. You're created with meaning. You're created with value. You're created to be someone different and to have influence. But there's a problem. The world doesn't want you to do that. The world wants you to conform to its ways. The world wants you to look like everybody else. It wants you to be a nameless, faceless, bland person who dies and everybody forgets you because you're just like everybody else. You haven't noticed our world likes to do those sorts of things. It likes to combine things and it likes to make things really gray so that there's no distinction. The world doesn't want you to be unique. Have you seen, yeah, you got somebody in your head when I ask this question. Somebody who always seems like they're up on like the latest music, right? Or the latest movie or the late, they are, they're always up on the latest Netflix series or Disney Plus, that person right there that you've got in your mind. And if you're like, I don't know who they are, but I logged a lot of Netflix hours. It's probably you, okay? That person is trying to catch up in a world that will, will never let them catch up. You can't stay with the trends. You can't stay with the TikTok trends. You can't stay with the Instagram trends, the Snapchat trends. I don't even know what you guys are on nowadays. I'm so far removed, okay? But you cannot stay up with those, and you are not meant to stay up with those. One, because the world wants you to feel perpetually behind. And two, because God has better things for you to do than to stay up with those things. Okay? And trust me, I know what it's like to try to fit in and be up on all that stuff. I Believe it or not, my hair wasn't gray at one point, and I was in junior high right there, okay? Okay? We're going to look at a story in the Bible about some teenagers who were facing a lot of peer pressure. Peer pressure would be an understatement for these guys, okay? So we're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. You can turn there if you want. While you do... I'm going to give you a little context, and it's going to be kind of intense, and that's going to be okay. All right, so let's go all the way back to ancient Israel. Ancient Israel, they were a country. They had an army. 
they fought in some wars. This time, they lost to the king of Babylon. And so the king of Babylon killed the king of Israel, put his own puppet king in place, and then he decided, you know what, I'm going to take all the best-looking, brightest, athletic boys here, and I'm going to take them back to Babylon, and I'm going to teach them all the Babylonian ways. Not the ancient Israelite ways, the Babylonian ways. I'm going to teach them about my gods and my history, and it's going to be good. Now, some of you are probably thinking, right, here's another story about boys, and where are the girls at in this, okay? Two words, sex trafficking. That's why we don't hear about them, unfortunately. Babylon was not a good place. Okay, so these boys are uprooted out of Israel, and they're taken to Babylon. And when they get there, they're told, hey, you get a new name, a new name with a Babylonian god attached to it. Oh, and by the way, you only worship the Babylonian gods right now because the Babylonian gods are the ones that beat your god. Oh, by the way, you need to study everything about Babylon because it's all about Babylon. We're the trendy thing. We're the in thing. You need to wear Babylonian clothes. Oh, while you're undressed, we're going to make sure you don't have kids because we don't want any of that Jewish blood here. We only want Babylonian blood. You're also going to eat our food from the king's table. Now, to eat from the king's table essentially meant food stamps. Okay? That's what that meant. You're eating and being supplied food and life from the government. Okay? Let's just make this a little more like relatable today. So let's pick a country that everybody in this room is probably afraid of, eeny, meeny, miny, Russia. Okay, yeah, you know. Thanks, four and a half gold stars. Okay, let's just imagine Vladimir Putin invades the U.S., and he kills our president, and then he takes you away to now Mother Russia, okay? And you're going to learn, you got a new name, all right? Now you're like, I don't, I don't know what the Russian names are. Vlad? Now you're Vlad Bob, okay? <laughs> Vlad Bill, all right? Bill Vlad, all right? You don't get a choice, though, okay? They're choosing it for you, whether it sucks or not, all right? So you got a new name. Now we're going to teach you about all the Russian gods, but we don't worship God, so we're just going to teach you about the earth, all right? And we're gonna, you're going to wear Russian clothes. And while you're undressed, we're going to make sure you can't have kids because we don't want any of that American blood here. We just want Russian blood. And you're going to eat Russian food all the days of your life. How do you feel right now? In pain, <laughs> right? Yeah, yes, you would, sir. Right? You don't feel good. There's probably a lot of pressure for you to conform. There's a lot of pressure for you to lose your identity, right? Let's look at how these guys responded. Daniel 1, verse 8. It's going to be a little bit more lengthy, but it's the Bible, so... But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Eunuch means you not having kids, all right? And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord, the king, who assigned your food and your drink 
For why should he see that you are in worse condition than the youths who are of your own age? Stop. Interesting. This guy thinks that if Daniel does anything different, he's going to be worse off. He's essentially telling Daniel, like, no, dude, this is like the best of the best of the best. This is what you need to, this is what you need to be doing. And we're back. So you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Those are his three friends. Test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. That doesn't sound fun. Right? Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you. And deal with your servants according to what you see. So he listened to them in this matter and he tested them for 10 days. And at the end of 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. I find it interesting that Daniel and his friends decide to protest. Not the names. Not the clothes. Not that they went to Israel, not the, not the genital mutilation, right? They protest the food. Typical teenage boys, all right? All this other stuff, guys, I've been on the fence about this, but I'm not eating that, okay? That's what he decide, That's what they decide to do, okay? What gave these guys the guts to protest that? What gave them, why are we still talking about them 3,000 plus years later in Billings, Montana? Because they knew exactly who they were and they knew exactly who they served and nothing else was going to stand in the way of that. They knew exactly who they were. They knew that even though Babylon had taken them captive, that God was still on the throne. And so for them to protest the food, they were saying, we don't get life from you, we get life from someone else. It was a quiet protest. It wasn't a tantrum, which is what most people consider a protest nowadays, is a tantrum, all right? Here's my main point tonight. Write it down, imprint it on your heart, whatever you got to do. Here it is. Your identity does not come from your situation. It doesn't come from your friends. It doesn't come from your family. It doesn't come from your culture. It comes from who God says you are. I'll say it again because you may not have heard or you're still writing it down. Your identity does not come from your circumstances, whether they're good or bad or kind of mediocre. Your identity does not come from your family, whether they're divorced, together, drug addicts, really, really good people, really rich, or just really, really average people. Your identity does not come from who your friends say you are. Trust me, your friends don't even know who they are right now, okay? They're still trying to figure it out. Your identity comes from who God says you are. Well, who does God say that I am, Eddie? Hey, good question, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Good segue. God says that you are unique. You're unique. 
there's no one like you. God created you just the way you're supposed to be. God created you to do things that only you can do. No one else can do them. Only you can do them. You're unique. All of us are created in the image of God. And all of us show just a little bit of God's personality. The world doesn't like that because the world wants you to be like everyone else. It wants you to believe the beliefs that everybody else believes, follow the trends, stay up on stuff. And the way that it does that is this right here. Everybody has a cell phone pretty much, okay? If you don't at this age, good. That's very good, okay? That's very good. Have you ever noticed that it's like a window? Right? It kind of looks like a, like a little window. Have you noticed that all of us look the same when we look at our phones? Have you ever seen anybody that root, routinely looks at their phone like this? Like not just for pictures. Uh, no, 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 like this, like this. You have people that look like that? I'm going to pray for them. <laughs> they need help, okay? We all look like this. Right? We all look like that. We're all looking down. You can see it. Just go stand in line somewhere. We're all looking down. And we're all watching other people do stuff. <laughs> right? You're not, you're, rarely are you just watching, if you're watching video after video of yourself doing stuff, okay, <laughs> then you, we need to talk more. That's a different sermon, okay? It's a different sermon, all right? But we're all watching other people do things. And then a couple things run through our minds when we're watching other people do things, and they typically go like this. I wish I was doing that thing. How come I'm not doing that thing? How come they're further along than I am? I feel left out. How come they're with them and I'm not? That's a really good quote. I wish I would have said that. Typically, that's the stuff that starts to go in our minds while we watch other people do things and live life. Essentially, you're, you and I, when we pick this up, it's like we're in a room looking out of a window this big, being like, oh, man, it looks good outside. I wish I could go out there. You are created for more than to stare at a screen. Whether the screen is this big or whether the screen is this big, you are meant to do more, far, far more. And let me tell you something about the people who look like they have it all together on social media. Because I know that there's people out there you and I look at routinely and think, man, they have it. They have it all. How come I don't have that? My life doesn't look that good. Even if I photoshopped, I wouldn't look that good, right? Most of the time, the people that are trying to look perfect have it really bad, and they're just trying to hide it. The more perfect someone looks on social media, it, the more skeptical I become about their real because it's easy to Photoshop. It's easy to put your best foot forward. Way, way easier. Let me tell you a story. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, I was in high school, okay? Yeah, yeah I know, I know. And uh, my first half of high school, man, I tried to do everything that the world said to do, right? I cussed like everybody, I dressed like everybody, listened to the music to everybody 
did. I drank like everybody. I stayed up late, did all that stuff. I tried. I messed around with girls like everybody did. Well, I tried. It wasn't always that successful, but, you know, that was what I tried to do. And then halfway through my high school career, I realized I'm like, man, I'm really, really unhappy. This is not like going the way that I thought it would go. And thank God, Jesus got a hold of me, changed my life. And so I decided, I'm like, you know what? This is a lot better than doing things that way. I feel better, so I'm going to do it. And so I, I changed the way I did things. I, I hung out with Christian friends. I spent more time at church. I spent more time listening to sermons, reading my Bible, worship music, you know, doing all that good stuff. And guess what happened? Besides finding immeasurable peace, I started missing out on things. And these were the days before social media. So I don't know if FOMO was heavier or lighter, but it still hurt when you miss out on stuff. Now, I went to a really, really small school, okay, graduating class of 12. And we was not the 12 disciples, <laughs> okay? <laughs> we was not. Everybody was Judas, <laughs> okay? And so there was a cool crowd there, and I was not in it. Hard to believe, I know. So hard to believe. <laughs> but I was not in it. They respected me, okay? I was the chaplain on campus, my little school, <laughs> okay? My little flock. But... They would go off and they would do things and hang out and be at parties and, and whatnot, and I would hear about it, right? And I would realize, man, I am I'm missing out. I'm here, and they're having fun, and I'm over here, and, and I'm, I'm missing out on stuff. Well, something interesting started happening my senior year. At school, I'd be over doing my thing with my friends, and then all the popular crowd would be over there doing their thing with each other, and the school bell would ring, and we'd all go home, and... I would get a phone call from one of the popular kids. And I'd be like, oh, Mike, what's up, man? Huh? What, what, what can I do for you? I need to tell you something, Eddie. All right, go ahead. And one by one, not all of them, but, but a few of them would call me and confess stuff that they did or stuff that happened to them, whether it's I got pregnant, what do I do? I lost my virginity. What do I do? I got pulled over by the police doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. What do I do? What, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. <laughs> I've never been there. I'm, I'm 18, barely, you know. And so why did these people call me? I wasn't an adult. 18 is not an adult. The older I get, don't you realize that? <laughs> Just like, hey, like, I didn't know what to do. And these are heavy questions, heavy questions. He and they really want advice. When I'm at school, wouldn't talk to me. Would not talk to me about it. One time I tried to talk to this girl about it. Because we, she had this conversation with me where she was just crying. Oh, my God, I need to change my life. So I talked to her at school, and she just looked, blew me off. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Why did they call me? Why? Because I knew who I was. And they didn't. And I knew whom I served. And since I knew those things, they saw strength in that. Strength they didn't have. And they realized that doing things the world's way was like building a house on sand. And the storm came, and they're like, I don't know what to do. That's why they called me. That's who you're called to be. 
So here's, I got two questions for you. Here's the first one. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know your identity in Christ? It's very, very important. Well, how do I know who I am, Eddie? Man, you're on it tonight, dude. Good question. Good. He's good. He's good. Glad you asked. How do, I, how do you know who you are? Or maybe you're like, I just don't know who I am, man. I need to try to figure it out. And I, I totally get that. Easy. Open the book. Open the book. This book will tell you who you are. People, all the time, people are like, man, God never speaks to me. God doesn't speak anymore. Typically, when you talk to somebody, you use words, right? Right? Hopefully, hopefully we're there, right? You typically use words, okay? Okay, so you open the Bible. It's full of words, right? God's word, God's talking to you, okay? So very simple. If you're like, what is God saying to me? There's 66, is it 66 books? Thank you. I have a Bible degree, a bachelor's, <laughs> and I forgot that. So open this book. This book will tell you who you are. This book will tell you that your life has meaning. This book will tell you that you're created on purpose, with purpose. Even the things about yourself that you're like, God didn't create me like that, or I'm an accident, or I'm a mistake. Ooh, no. That's not true, and it's in the book. Everybody needs to know that you are supposed to make a difference and a mark on this world. Everybody needs to know that, and it's in the book. Read it every day. If you're like, I don't know where to start, Gospel of John, Proverbs. Also ask Caleb or Pam or Alyssa or anybody, any of your leaders here will point you in the right direction. Also, while you're on here, there's a great app called YouVersion. It makes it simple. You're already on here for four hours every day on average. That's your age range, okay? You can take five minutes to read that, and it will change your life, okay? Second question. How are you going to protest? Now, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but our culture has this weird, like, relationship with protests. Because when we hear protests, we think about these people who, or people groups, they don't get their way. They're just going to go be violent and, and do things and set things on fire and break windows. And then somebody will, will change. I don't have to. Someone else will. If I break this storefront window, you know what? Everything's going to change. That's a tantrum. That's not a protest, okay? Daniel shows us how to protest quietly and consistently. That's what he does. There's no fanfare. He goes and talks to the guy and says, look, dude, I ain't eating this. Give me some broccoli, okay? And the guy goes, okay, well, we'll see what happens, right? But he does it consistently. He doesn't do it one time. He's not, he's not a flash in the pan. He's consistent with it. So how are you going to protest the world's ways? Maybe your protest is, you know what? When people are gossiping, I'm not going to join in. Or next level, you're going to say something nice about that person. Or maybe your protest is, well, while everybody else is 
not paying attention to the teacher, I'm going to pay attention to the teacher. Maybe your protest is, you know what? I'm not going to hang out with those people who are doing stuff that I know they shouldn't, and I shouldn't be doing it, so I'm going to go find some other friends. But you need a protest. You and I are built to protest the way the world does stuff. I'm going to end with a quote here from A.W. Tozer, who's a big theologian. Do not allow the enemy of your soul to rob you of that unique quality God has breathed into you. You are created uniquely by God to do unique things that only you can do. And we need you to do those things. And you're not going to be able to do them if you're staring at this all the time and if you don't know who you are. So get in the book. Know who you are and protest the world's ways. Will you bow your heads as we pray? Lord, thank you for today. Thank you, God, um, that you see all of us. You see all of our situations. You see all of our circumstances. And you see how we're created, how we're designed by you. And you have purpose for us. And you have things that you want to speak to each of us tonight and for the rest of our days. So, Lord, I pray for anybody in here who's struggling with their identity in whatever capacity that looks like, because it's different for all of us. But we all struggle with our identity to some, some extent. And with every head bowed and eye closed, if you're, like, if you're thinking, yeah, Eddie, I'm one of those, I'm struggling with my identity, and I want to know who I am, if that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you, but would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Right. Lord, thank you for the people who had courage to raise their hands and who acknowledge, like, I need help in this area. And Holy Spirit, would you meet them where they're at? Meet them wherever they are at. And I pray, God, that you would speak to them, not just now, Lord, but when they go home, before they fall asleep. Speak to them about who they are. And when they crack open your word, Lord, I pray that the words would hit them powerfully and that they would know who they are in you, their value and their meaning, and that they'd get a glimpse of who and what they are supposed to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for letting me be here tonight, guys. Have a great night.